This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai I 103.8. Hi guys, welcome along to this podcast. It's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And boy, did we have a good chat about movies on the show this week. And uh, which films do you never, ever tire of watching? Maybe you've watched them 10, 15, 20 times. It was quite amazing that uh, one of our listeners has watched Armageddon 51 times. So uh, check that out. We also checked in with singer Jamie Rex, who's got a fantastic new song out. You can catch him as well playing live here in the UAE. We also checked in with the guys at Alliance Francais and spoke classical music as we look forward to their show A Windy Journey happening this weekend. And finally, it was comedy all the way. Mina Liccioni, we just love to chat with her. Her father was an actual boxing promoter when she was growing up and she's built a comedy show around that. So uh, enjoy that podcast and don't forget to join me live on the show weekdays from 11 o'clock only on Dubai I 103.8. You're listening to lunch with Lloyd on Dubai I 103.8 last night when I got home I was in the mood to watch a, a movie um, which I'm not always into that you know uh, sometimes I like kind of um, shorter documentaries and stuff but I thought I'll watch a movie and uh, the first one that, that that came up on on the list is a movie that I must have watched already five or six times but I thought no I'll give it another run out and it, it's called The Last King of Scotland uh, and it stars at Forrest Whitaker um, playing the role of uh, the dictator Idi Amin. Absolutely loved it again. And uh, that got me thinking, you know, you, you have a few movies that you just really love to watch over and over and just never get enough of them, you know. I mean, um, <laughs> you, just, you see different things in it every time you watch it and still appreciate it from just like the very first time that you saw it. Have you got any like that, Zena, or is it just me? I can think of one. No, I think that's a great film, Last King of Scotland. Yeah. But mine is Insidious. The first one. It's a series of American horror films. uh, Really spooky by James Wan, but, uh, you know, great director. Yeah. Uh, Saw it in 2010. And, you know, every time I meet someone, like when I met my husband, I pretended I hadn't seen it. So we watched it together. It's that sort of, I think I watched it around six times. I just like spooking myself. So are you a horror fan? Yes. Oh, very different to me. I I won't set foot in a theatre. If there's horror, and even even in the house, if somebody puts a horror movie on, I'm going to play some records or something really? like that. Yeah, not a horror fan at all. But yeah, The Last King of Scotland, Forrest Whitaker, James McAvoy uh, plays the Doctor in it as well, and and just absolutely love that film. So, guys, I want to hear from you. What movie do you never, ever tire of, no matter how many times you've seen it? You might have seen it 10. You might have seen it 15 times. Okay, what movie do you never, ever tire of? Another one for me is Unfaithful with uh, Diane Lane and Richard Gere. Uh, Adore that film, and that's another one that's up there. I must have seen it 10 times and still kind of reach for it every now and again. Films that you just cannot stop watching. We've got Camlesh on line number one. Good morning, Camlesh. How are you? Hi, good morning. I'm fine, and yourself? Excellent, sir. So you've come up with a beauty to kick things off. I mean, this movie was like a work of art. Uh, So tell me, uh, which it is? It's Avatar. I just love it. Why do you like it so much? I think it's got the elements of um, mystery. It's got uh, elements of love. It's got uh, fantasy. It's got... uh, I mean, it's got all the uh, ingredients of a beautiful movie. It has. And how many times have you seen it, Kamlesh? Oh, I think seven or eight, but probably more. <laughs> and, if it, <laughs> and if it came on TV tonight, would you watch it again? 
I would, and I would love to watch it front to back rather than in between. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it really was, when when it came out, it just, you know, absolutely up the bar, didn't it? And, and there has been talk of um, a follow-up um, under the oceans, but it's not materialised yet. Yeah, strange, but I, I would love to see movies from Spielberg having those sort of elements. I think it has got a, it's just it's a good family movie, too, at the same time. It certainly is. Kamlesh, thank you so much for your call. Much appreciated. Going to go to line number two where Aruma joins us. Good morning, Aruma. How are you? Hi, good morning, Mark. I'm fine, thank you. I hope you're well. Excellent. Now, I know you're a massive fan of animation, uh, but you've uh, said you you watched another movie over the weekend for the millionth time. So what film was that? So that's Coco, um, which is uh, an animated movie that kind of um, uh, celebrates... The, the 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 annual fest festival they have of honoring their dead. Okay. Um, I absolutely love it. I cannot get enough of it. And there are scenes at the end where you know it's kind of like it still sends chills down my spine it's about this little boy, and you know understanding the importance of family and stuff. So it's an amazing, amazing movie. And yes, I had nothing else to do on the weekend, so I just put it on and. Slowly, bit by bit, the family joined me, and we all had a really nice time watching it again. So, I mean, in terms of numbers, how many times would you say you've watched it, Aruma? So it's only what two years, three years since it came out, but I must have watched it at the ratio of probably twice a day what? <laughs> when it first came, because I just absolutely loved it. The songs are nice, and the movie, the storyline—it's just so well executed. And it did win the Oscar that year as well. Right. And um, now uh, we just spoke to Kamlesh earlier on his, um, you know, go-to movie seven or eight times, Avatar. What did you make of that film, Aruma? No, I wasn't. I went and watched it on the big screen with all the effects, but somehow, as a storyline, I'm sorry, it didn't. It, it didn't. Didn't, didn't grab you. No. <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, you also say um, that. Um, uh, just realised that as a true blue Malalai, um, there's um, a lot of classic movies from the eighties and nineties that you can watch over and over. That's right. I mean, um, you know, most people from Kerala will have a set of. Um, Malayalam movies that they would have watched over and over again where they know the dialogues back to front and you know in the middle of the night you wake them up with you know with any kind of a surprise and there'll be a Malayalam dialogue that they can immediately spout from one of those movies um, and you know I'm sure it, it's nice to listen sometimes to you know the 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 um, hit 96.7 because they talk about movies and dialogues and stuff and mm. if I was to narrate some which a lot of you know the people from Kerala will, will connect to there's Mani Chitratara there's a CID series Nadodi Kaat Sandesham I mean I can go on and on and on <laughs> and again you can just watch them any number of times for the story for the acting for the comedic impact you know, yeah. what have you, it's all there. <laughs> Message just come in from Ron saying, uh, I agree with a rumour, Coco is awesome. Uh, the musical scenes are absolutely wow. So uh, you're not on your own, a rumour. <laughs> Fantastic. You should watch it if you haven't so far. And, and what you're going to be added to your list. What are you going to watch tonight? Any ideas? 
not yet. I, I've got to think about it. But yeah, it's probably going to be another animated movie. <laughs> Let's go with Brave. You know, either Brave or Inside Out. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs is my favourite animation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aruma, have yourself a brilliant day and thanks so much for calling us. Once again, guys, uh, we want to talk about some of the movies that you never, ever tire of watching, no matter how many times you have seen them. Uh, Stephen, a um, great new movie is Coda. I can watch that over and over. The Green Mile, uh, Revenants and all of the Lord of the Rings. Uh, thank you for that. Oh, and uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as well. Thank you for your message, Stephen. Much appreciated. Um, thank you, Claire, for your message. Love, actually. That is a beauty, isn't it? Especially at Christmas. Thanks for that, Claire. Anybody Allen movies, says uh, another one of our listeners. And uh, also Walid uh, coming up with The Shellshunk Redemption, The Negotiator, and Training Day. Uh, Home Alone is one movie that I can watch over and over. Thanks for that, Iram. And also King's Men is one of your favourites as well. Um, Stephen, you messaged in uh, with The Green Mile, uh, Lord of the Rings, and Lead of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Kamlesh, we spoke to you, of course, a little bit earlier on. Avatar was your go-to film. Lots coming in. Finn, our regular listener, lovely to speak to you every day, Finn. Um, you've got a few up your sleeve that um, you can never tire of watching. So fire away. What are they? Um, well, I love uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid uh, because of the scenery and everything, horses and, yeah. and obviously Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Um, I like Mrs. <laughs> Doubtfire. I, I don't know why, but I like watching Mrs. Doubtfire. It's a lovely um, movie, isn't it? I, I mean, just coming back I to like Bu- Butch Cassidy, yeah. you know, that scene with raindrops keep falling on my head where, they're on the, where Paul oh, Newman's lovely. on the bicycle. Mm-hmm. What an absolute classic um, scene that is. And uh, I know. just a wonderful song as well. I mean, raindrops keep falling, just absolutely epic film. And I, oh, yeah. I think that the, the chemistry between the two of them is just probably one of the best that's ever been. In a movie now, yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire, of course, Robin Williams at his best. Yes, it was very good. That very good. Yeah, and like going back to Butch Cassidy, you've got uh, backtrack music, which is great. Yeah, you it, know he did the score for it, didn't he? Yeah. For the, for oh the, yeah. For the film, you've also put down the yeah. uh, Shawshank Redemption, which many a time comes up number one in uh, you know the world's greatest ever movies. Um, what did you love yeah. about that one? It was just so unexpected at the end. Um, it was just so clever. The acting was brilliant. Morgan Freeman is uh, incredible. Um, but just so unusual. Got all the trust and everything and then uh, got free. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. y- y- your top film was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, you know, a ballpark mm-hmm. figure. How many times you might have seen it? Oh, I couldn't say. <laughs> I should think 12, I should think really? more. Really, 12 or more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but another one I watched was, another one I loved was Coma years ago. Uh, that was um, that was very good with, uh, Mike, uh, what's his name, Michael Douglas. It's funny, I think I've had another, uh, another message in with, with that one on. That was well. very good. Okay, yeah. what, what was that about? Uh, it's about surgeries years ago where uh, there was a, like a market for parts of bodies so people were, uh, you know, mm. like having appendicitis and things like that. And then when they went under, they were other other organs were taken out and then sold. Oh dear! Uh, well. It was it was a brilliant, very good film, very good. Sounds a little bit um, gruesome, does that one? It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Sleepers is another one that was very good. 
Right. Well, yeah. you're obviously into your movies. Very good. Any idea what you're going to be yeah. watching tonight? Or what are you watching maybe on your uh, on your computer at the moment? Well, the last time with Shawshank was only two nights ago, so I might really? watch Three Mile. Yes. <laughs> Finn, great movies. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I can oh, watch yeah. that over and over again as well. Uh, thanks for your call. Um, a rumour saying, oh, yes, Shawshank Redemption, definitely a movie that I could watch over and over. A rumour, um, obviously a big fan of Julia Roberts, My Best Friend's Wedding, and there's Stepmom and Erin Brockovich. Movies that you can watch over and and over and over again. I'm going to love this conversation as Derek has chosen one of my favourites as well. Uh, good afternoon, Derek. How are you doing? Hi, Lloyd. How are you? Excellent, sir. Now, you've come up with a whole bunch of, uh, of films um, that you can just repeat, watch, time and time again. Just throw a few in there for me, Derek. So, in my list, uh, it's uh, The Terminator 2, Broken Arrow, Face Off, uh, Ocean's Eleven, Mission Impossible, the first one. Uh, the Thomas Crown Affair, the one with Pierce Brosnan. Okay, now uh, that's where I was going to stop you. The Thomas yeah. Crown Affair. Um, now, I, re- I remember the original um, with, with Steve I McQueen. Know. Steve McQueen and Faye yeah. Dunaway, of course, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Um, and, and, you know, Pierce Brosnan, he still did a great job um, on the film, but for me, it's the original. Why, why do you go for the Pierce Brosnan one over the, uh, the Steve McQueen? Uh, it's because one. It's it was the first uh, heist movie that I ever saw. Okay. With, uh, my my dad and it was uh, I was blown away with the intricacy of uh, the entire heist. Yeah. I saw the uh, the original with Steve McQueen, but then you know this this always left a uh, um, what do you say the, yeah. the memory back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, the, the, fir- the first one that you see is probably going to make its mark, which is why I would always yeah. go for uh, for the Steve McQueen film. Um, Face Off, uh, another fantastic movie. Just uh, just remind me of that one. Face Off, uh, John Travolta and the Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, uh, yeah. Yeah, they exchange one as a cop, one as a villain. They exchange their faces and then go into each other's lives. Yeah, it was an absolute classic, that one, wasn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. of, of these films that you've messaged in, I mean, how many times would you think that you've, for example, seen The Thomas Crown Affair? Oh, Thomas Crown Affair, I think so, at least uh, seven to ten times. <laughs> and, do you, you know, if it came up on TV tonight, would you watch it again? Of course. <laughs> You're a big fan of that movie. Um, well, Derek, thanks so much for your messages. Um, much appreciated. Um, thank you, Grace, for yours as well. Pretty Woman. Richard Gear, um, absolutely incredible, along with Julia Roberts, of course. Yeah, Grace, I'm with you on that one as well. Um, I'm a big fan of, of that film, Pretty Woman. We've been talking throughout the programme today uh, about movies that we can just watch over and over. Um, we're going to wrap that up right now and go to the telephone lines where Shada joins me on the show. Good afternoon, Shada. Good afternoon, Good afternoon. Uh, now, you've got a lovely story to tell me. <laughs> I, I just love this I... one. And a movie that I absolutely adored when I first saw it. I went with my children as well. Uh, so just tell me about the movie that you've chosen. So uh, our favorite movie since, nine, uh, since uh, uh, 1998, 2000, Toy Story, my God. My kids started to watch with my eldest one by that time. He was only one and a half year old, and he loved it. And the next, I got the next baby. So since that time, we're keep watching it. And the third one, and recently, a week ago, 
we watched again and the the feeling in the house my boy was saying, Mom, do you remember I had also this toy you bought for us, this Mr. Potato Head, you know, <laughs> and, the, and the, the house, you know, and the, um, the Mrs. Ed, all those, I don't know, the memories, and they sat next to me, and uh, I don't know, it was for me as a mom, it was something yeah. special, and the feeling, and they're hugging, and the elderly, the younger and, and the, you, Just let's mention that your you boys now are grown up, they're 20 years old, right? Yes, 20 <laughs> and 19, Yeah, and the youngest one is uh, 13, so, and three boys sitting, you know, around mom. <laughs> that is amazing. What a great memory. I mean, when that animation first came out, it was absolutely groundbreaking, wasn't it? It was just like nothing we'd ever seen it, before. It's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. It's amazing. I mean, really, this animation. And till now, I mean, where we do watch all those toys of first, second, third. We go to the cinema, the last one, and came out. I said, okay, kids, we're going to the cinema to enjoy. It's before we used to watch in the tapes. Yeah. Renting, you know, from the rent shops. Yeah. <laughs> So, and, and, yes, that was, yeah, something special. Yeah, fantastic memories for you, Shada, and thanks for sharing that. I'm sure you'll probably be watching it when the 30, 40, and even 50. (laughs) Thank you very much. That's for sure. That's for sure we're going to watch. And those cartoons will never be old. It's a classic. And and for any age, for the any moment, and uh, if you're in a bad mood, good mood, so we just, on you just sit and watch and enjoy shout out have a brilliant day and thank you for sending in that message this is dubai i 103.8 you're listening to lunch with lloyd yeah, morning, everyone. Now, uh, regular listeners will know that we love to connect uh, with uh, the music scene here, with singer-songwriters, and uh, we're going to be joined by a very, very cool singer-songwriter. Uh, but above all that, he's got the coolest pair of boots that have ever walked into my studio. <laughs> so, uh, And I'm definitely, one day, I'm going to earn a pair of boots like that. Jamie Rex, how are you, sir? How's it going, mate? You all right? Yeah, yeah very good. How, how are the boots getting on? Uh... Do you know what? I was actually going to put them on. <laughs> for this. For, for and the... then I thought, well, what's the point? I could just lie and pretend I'm wearing them. <laughs> yeah, just describe them for us, uh, you know, and the reason why I say they're the coolest pair of boots that have ever been in my studio. Well, they're a beautiful pair of leopard print boots. That's all I need to say, really. Yeah, leopard, leopard print, and uh, they just look fantastic to those boots. Anyway, um, whether you're wearing them or whether you're not wearing them, you're a great singer-songwriter. Um, so tell me what you've been up to over the last year. I know it's not been a, a great year for guys in the music business, but, you know, there seems to be kind of a, a ray of light at the end of the tunnel now. So what have you been focusing on, Jamie? Um, yeah, it's been... Over a year now since I was in last time when I released my last single, hasn't it? So um, basically, yep. I don't know. I've been trying to survive. It's been tough, but um, I feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Come October, I feel like this is the final bit of the of the calm before the storm. So it's all good. I've just been um, concentrating on my own music, really, just recording at home. Because obviously, for most of it, we were we were locked in. So that's how this single has come come about, really. <clears throat> so, that, just for listeners that haven't come across you before, Jamie, just paint us a little picture as to where you're from and how you you started and got into the music business. Uh, well, I'm from the UK originally. Um, I started obviously playing music in the UK, but only for a short period of time. And then before that, after that, I was over in Ibiza playing in various venues over there. 
for five years. And then after that, I came here. So I've been here, which for how long it feels like two years, but I've been here for five years as well. Time seems to fly. It does, doesn't it? Uh, Tell me about your experiences in Ibiza. I mean, uh, that was, or still is, I guess, a party island, you know. I mean, uh, and it's it's famous for its kind of DJ scene, but what's the live music scene like over there, Jamie? I see, well, yeah, it's like very heavily DJ-driven, but I feel like the acoustic side of it was to kind of relax people after their crazy night before, I can imagine. Right, so you you were kind of uh, chilling them out a little bit with your guitar, yeah. yeah. A much needed rest. Yeah, um, we've just had a message in from a rumor, by the way. These boots were made for walking. Is a great song <laughs> if you want to talk about boots. Uh, now, at this song end of the line, Jamie. Um, you said you wrote this um, during the period where you've you know not been working a lot live at night. So, what um, pushed you to to record this song? And, and tell me what the inspiration is behind it. Well. This is a very old song that I demoed many, many moons ago. Um, And it was originally about something completely different. Uh, And then obviously over the last year or so, it came came back round. And I felt like re-recording it. So it sounds completely different to the original demo. And it's got a completely different meaning to me nowadays. So, um, yeah, it's kind of got three different meanings to me. Uh, And I feel like... It's quite relevant to how the last 18 months has been. Well, for me personally, anyway. All right, let's hear a clip of this song. It's called End of the Line. Jamie Rex then, end of, of the line. Beautifully mixed and, uh, and recorded, Jamie. Was that, um, you know, a, a home recording or did you uh, uh, go to a studio to put that one together? No, that's the first, the first time I've ever recorded anything at home entirely um, by myself. So I had a tiny little bit of help with the drums, but everything else was done by myself at home. Sounds fantastic, Jamie. Really, really good on you for that one. Uh, so this is going to get released, is it at the weekend? This is out on Friday, yeah. Out on Friday. So we got a, a sneak peek of that tune. Uh, Jamie Rex, if people want to follow you and your career, maybe you know, check out a few gigs um, with you, Jamie, where do they need to head to? 
Um, I will be in Gordon Ramsay's in Atlantis on Thursday evening. Fantastic. Um, you can yep. find me on Instagram. Yeah. Mostly. So that's Jamie Rex, spelled W-R-E-C-S. Jamie, love the song, right. and um, and don't forget, Mark Lloyd's got his name on those boots when you get tired of them, OK? <laughs> OK, well, I've, I've, it's a shame I couldn't come in because I had something else for you. But um, Next time. Eventually. Next time. Eventually. Jamie, you are a superstar. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Yeah, good afternoon. I want to talk some music coming up next on the show. In fact, a performance happening on Friday, September 17th, 4th or until 7.30 at the Alliance Francaise um, of that in Udmitha. Great venue and fantastic musicians. It's a real pleasure to welcome pianist Aldo Dotto. Good afternoon, sir. Hello, good afternoon. Hello, Mark. Hi there. Nice. And we've got, nice we've got clarinetist as well, Andre Opanaschuk. How are you? Uh, good to have you both on the show. So first of all, Aldo, tell me a little bit about your background and, uh, you know, the type of music that you actually play. Yeah, uh, so first of all, uh, Mark, thank you for inviting us to talk with you. It's a pleasure and uh, I take a chance also to compliment you for your career anniversary as a radio host. So I, I wanted to start with this, first of all. Thank you. And um, yeah, my background as a as musician, yes, definitely a classical musician. I I've been starting very early uh, when I was just uh, six years old, and uh, yeah, I've been uh, playing piano through all my life. Yeah, that's it. And uh, let's uh, let's also uh, ask Andre as as well. Clarinet is your instrument. Um, when did it all start for you, uh, Andre? Um, I actually started a little bit earlier than also, yes, around 10, uh, I started learning. But before, of course, when I was like uh, 7, 8, I also started start piano, yeah, a little bit. It all starts with the piano, doesn't it? Um, so what's going to be uh, in the repertoire for your performance at the Alliance Francaise this coming Friday? Um, uh, maybe Aldo, you can answer that. Yeah, um, it's going to be a French repertoire. And uh, it's actually kind of a special occasion for us because it's uh, the first time we are going to play together as a, as a duo with Andri and uh, also with uh, the excellent flutist Carlos Dixeria, who is based in, uh, in Dubai. So actually we met kind of recently. I met Andri just a few months uh, ago since he's, uh, he's working in, uh, in the school, uh, the International Music Institute in Abu Dhabi. And uh, we have immediately uh, thought about a program to play uh, together. And thanks to uh, Stefan Ferrol that uh, is organizing this concert, we are finally uh, going to perform uh, together as Alliance Francis. So, yeah, as I said, it's a French program. Uh, it's going, first of all, to pay homage to uh, Camille Saint-Saëns, uh, who is actually um, celebrating like the 100-year anniversary from the death this year. Um, so we are going to play the clarinet sonata by Camille Saint-Saëns, which is actually one, one of the late work of, uh, of his production. Uh, he wrote it exactly in 1921, so 100 years ago, just before his death. And uh, we are going to continue then with a flute sonata by Poulenc, and we will continue then with uh, pages by 
Debussy, who is like maybe the most uh, iconic and uh, famous composer of, uh, among the French uh, impressionists. Okay, that's a, it's obviously a, it's a it's going to be a busy night filled, packed um, with fantastic uh, music. Uh, once again, uh, this is the afternoon, four pm through until seven thirty. I believe you're going to give us a few bars uh, just to kind of uh, whet our appetites to go along and get our tickets. So, what are you going to play for us, guys? Yeah, uh, we can play actually at the uh, beginning of this uh, clarinet sonata, um, which uh, is actually starting with a very calm. Uh, uh, mood, uh, and uh, yeah, we can imagine that this is one of the late work when his uh, soul and uh, his uh, also consciousness of life is a little bit calming down. All right. Well, we, well, we're on Facebook Live as well. So, uh, gentlemen, once again, this is uh, Aldo Dotto and um, Andre Opanaschuk. Um, take it away. Let's hear a few bars of um, of the music that you're going to be playing this coming Friday. So here we go once again. We're live on Facebook Live. This is a first that we've <laughs> we've done this on the show. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Our very own classical concert on yeah. Facebook. Uh, take it away, gentlemen. Off you go. <laughs> So there we have it. Uh, that's a little kind of taster as to what uh, we can expect this coming Friday at the uh, Alliance Francaise. And um, tickets um, are available as we speak. Um, they're available on the door as well. 150 dirhams, you can find your tickets. And um, once again, I'll just have a little um, chat with uh, the uh, performers there. Uh, Aldo and uh, Andre, that was beautiful. And uh, sadly, we're running out of time as we've got to get to the news. But um, uh, you must be very excited to uh, be performing this Friday, guys. Yeah, 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 also because as we said before, it's the first time that really we can perform together, so it will be like a real debut for us. Fantastic. Well, uh, have a, a wonderful afternoon. As I said, um, it's from 4pm through until 7.30 and doors open 30 minutes before the music starts. Wasn't that beautiful? A little classical concert on our show. Yes, it was so relaxing as well. <laughs> I know. I was so zen when I was listening to it. The zen, exactly. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Yeah, lunch with Lloyd through two o'clock today, and uh, we love to talk comedy, especially with our next guest, uh, Mina Liccioni, who's an award-winning performing artist, comedian, MC, the founder of Dubomedy here in Dubai. Mina, how are you? 
I'm great, Mark. And I, you have to also add in my in yeah. my bio, um, Mark Lloyd's biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know how to get a good interview out of me, don't you? Um, Mina, I, I believe you've been traveling. Um, I think you were in the Big Apple not too long ago, but now you're back in town. I was. Yes, I, I was in New York, then uh, we were filming in uh, Beirut, and now I'm back in Dubai, and I'm getting ready to go back to New York. It's like we're making up for lost time, <laughs> not being able to travel for like Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you are a native New Yorker, aren't you? You know, uh, there was a yeah. great song by Odyssey called "Native New Yorker," and uh, that—that's where you grew up, and that you had a childhood connected to boxing. So, just for people that haven't heard this story before, just tell us about your early years in New York. Well, my dad <laughs> is a very—you know—there's no other way to say it. He's a very stereotypical. Italian-American New Yorker, and he just happened to be a boxing promoter. So my mom worked um, during the day, and he worked at night. So I spent a lot of time with him in the afternoon. So we'd we'd hang out at the boxing gym. We'd go to the fights. We'd go to the infamous press conferences. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and that's the name of the show because, uh, I basically, I grew up ringside. So I called it Growing Up Ringside. Now, you've already performed this show um, here in Dubai. How was it received? Uh, You know, um, uh, was it a Dubai opera, I believe? It was as part of the Dubai Comedy Festival at the theater at MOE. But the show before that was at Dubai Opera. You are correct on that one. <laughs> um, so how, how, how did it go? Well, honestly, it was, it was incredible. And it was the first time coming out of, you know, I, I wrote the show with my dad being in New York and me here um, and doing interviews with him at, during the pandemic. So to be able to somehow put all of these pieces together, get all of this old footage converted, you know, Mm. from VHS tapes and old photographs and put everything together and and have it on stage, it, it was it was very emotional for me, but also people in the audience afterwards really wanted to talk about it. And, yeah. and they were like, this reminded me of this. Oh, my gosh, I, I really miss my dad. Or, you know, oh, my God, my, my brother was a boxer. Or I love New York. Or sometimes people had never been to New York and they were like, my God, Italians are so similar to Arabs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it must have been a tough environment. I, you know, New York, um, a tough city. Uh, there's no two ways about that. Um, yeah. But to be a boxing promoter in, you know, I mean, it's quite a jungle, isn't it? Is is that business, it, you know, often uh, quite a murky business as well, Mina? Yeah, it could be in for sure. And my dad always, he would always say, um, he's like, I, I'm one of the only honest <laughs> boxing performances boxing. and that was something he really took pride in that he was like no 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 i'm here for the boxers i love the sport and um he he kept everything clean literally mm. and figuratively and then later on he decided to start um a rochester boxing hall of fame in new york and also did a lot of charity events and muhammad ali was one of the boxers who came to help another boxer out after he had a tragedy. So it was kind of, it was like full circle. He found a way 
to, to, to do good with boxing um, as he got older. And it's his passion. So it, yeah. it was beautiful. I mean, did you learn a lot of the business side of boxing? You know, the ropes, how, how the matchups go, whether it, whether it happens, whether it doesn't, the purses. You know, I mean, there's a lot goes into it, isn't there, Mina? A lot. You're absolutely correct. And when you when you break it down, it's it's not just the actual event because you have okay the actual event, the venue, the seats, the selling yeah. tickets, yeah. the actual ring. But behind it, it's like you have you have to take care of the boxers and their managers, make sure that they're medically fit, mm-hmm. and make sure that they're okay to fight. And then, like you said, yeah, the prize money that's a that's a big part of it. And then you you know <laughs> who gets what? How does it get split? <laughs> it, Exactly, and that's that's usually the fight between the, the promoters and the and the managers. <laughs> uh, we've just had a message coming in from Gabby. Uh, Mina is amazing. It was such oh. a great show. I cried and oh. I laughed and ju- was just in complete awe of how amazing she was. Oh. That's from Gabby uh, coming in, obviously someone who's seen the show. So it's going to be quite emotional for me, because uh, for you, sorry, because you're going to be taking this growing up ringside back to New York. I am, and my dad hasn't seen it yet. Really? He knows nothing about the show except, you know, he knows some of the footage and he hmm. knows the, you know, some of the stories, obviously, but he has no idea how it's structured or anything. And I think he's going to be shocked and overwhelmed and... If I if I can get through the show without crying, I'm surprised. <laughs> Tell me about your dad. He, he, I've seen pictures of him on the social media. He looks like quite a character, <laughs> to he say is. the least. <laughs> he is. A lot of people here say he looks like Saddam Hussein with a with like a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does that, and I'm sure he's going to be emotional at this. I mean, growing up in this boxing scene, um, Mina, did you have any favorite boxers that um, you know you really admired, uh, whether for their skills or you know wh- wh- whatever else? Who were some of your favorites? Oh well, of course, watching old fights with uh, Muhammad Ali was kind of everything, but also the old fights. My my dad used to do a lot of fight film nights with the the veterans and at the senior centers, and it was Rocky Marciano. Yeah, wow. Ah, oh, and Jack Dempsey was fantastic. And then later on, I mean, Smoking Joe Frazier, mm. George Foreman, Muhammad mm. Ali. I like the old school guys. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, and he- and then later on, of course, Manny Pacquiao. I, I was always a Manny Manny fan. <laughs> I mean, the heavy <laughs> the heavyweight division that you were talking about there with Smoking Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali. I oh, mean, yeah. it's never. I don't think it's ever been surpassed. And you know, you look at the heavyweights no. today. Okay, they're doing their best, but I don't know. Maybe some of the uh, the magic has gone out of it. Yeah, it, they were hungry. There, there was, there was uh, an intense hunger, you know, the Hagler versus Hearns. And when Mike Tyson first started coming up, it yeah. was, there was a hunger in there. It, it, the fight was different. And I think life was different back then. You had to fight harder to get, to get ahead, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Pacquiao, uh, I've been lucky enough to see Manny Pacquiao fight in Las Vegas. It was fantastic. And of course, my wife coming from the Philippines, I have to support Manny Pacquiao. And I'll never forget the the day um, when he fought Ricky Hatton. So, of course, it was a Brit versus a Filipino. And uh, our house, Uh we actually had flags um, hung above the bed, the British flag and the Filipino flag. And of course, Ricky Hatton got knocked out, I think, in the third round. no. So I lost. I lost that one for sure. Um, so, so this is going to be happening. Um, when are you going to be taking the show back to uh, New York? I am leaving this weekend. I'm going to do a send off show on the 18th in Dubai. And then I hop on a flight the next day. And um, I'm going to do the closing weekend of the Rochester, New York Fringe Festival on the 24th and 25th. And then I'm going to drive back to Manhattan proper and uh, do a short run there at the end of the month at the Crane Theater, which is a very iconic theater in the East Village. Right. So it's going to be an adventure, and I'm so excited that I got to premiere it in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. And now, because it really honors my roots, but also my current life, and it kind of helps break stereotypes on both sides. Yeah, that's uh, kind of cool. So you say you've got a stand-up show on the 18th. Where where is that going to be happening? And also, what are the plans um, for the rest of the year for Debomedy? Oh gosh, well the send-off show uh, is at the theater at Mall of the Emirates, and I'm going to do one more round of uh, Growing Up Ringside. Yeah, and I think there might be a few tickets left. I'm not even sure. <laughs> to be honest. Okay. <laughs> And then when we get back, we're going to be doing a series of events and more workshops. Um, the, the, the stand-up comedy workshops and comedy classes will start at the end of October. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do a bunch of events for, of course, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yep. So, funny girls, um, we got to represent health first, man. So, we like to do a lot of shows to support uh, women's health. And then in December, we'll do some stuff for National Day, and we're just going to keep spreading laughs. Yeah. Well, uh, Mina, really great talking to you. I think one of these days we're going to have to get your dad on the air here in, in Dubai. Maybe, maybe after he's actually watched Growing Up Ringside and, uh, you know, get some insight into, into boxing and, and uh, what he made of your show. Oh, my God. He, honestly, he would love that. You wouldn't be able to get him off the phone, Mark. He would be like, that's it. Mark, you're coming to my house. I'm going to make you some food. I like this guy. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) awesome. Well, regards to the family, regards to Ali, and good luck on your show in in New York. I know you're going to blow them away. Thank you. And thanks for all the support. We we love your show. Ali and I, again, we're your biggest fans. Thanks for always uh, supporting us. Always a pleasure. That's once again Mina Liccioni, um, fantastic comedian based here in the city of Dubai. And do try and catch her show growing up ringside.